You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum, peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and welcome to another episode of the Drive Time Show here on The Voice of Islam today with myself Raza and brother Qayyum. And it is a great pleasure to have you with us today as we talk about two topics as usual on here on the Drive Time Show in the first half of the program. We are going to talk about smiling and partaking in random acts of kindness, which is why we have invited Dr. Smile with us here today in the studios. Yeah, don't look at me like that. Um, And then in the second half of the program, we're going to talk about something slightly different, and that is about innovation, specifically looking at it from the Islamic point of view what is right, what is not, uh, and uh, anything around that topic. As always, uh, 0208687787 is the number for you to call if you want to have your say. You can also send us a tweet at Voice of Islam UK. And of course, we are also on Instagram. So if you want to have your say on Instagram, by all means, do so. So with that, Brother Kiyum. Peace be on you. Alaikum salam. How are you, Jen? How are Al- you, brother? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. How long, are you? Long time. I like where that beard is going, though, hey? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, getting there. It, okay. But it's going to be difficult to see that smile through, through, well, that, actually, through no, that mustache. This, this beard you talk about, yeah? You'd be amazed the number of people, it, 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 the number of people who smile who see the beard. <laughs> See another another reason. Today is a World Smile Day, and it is uh, its theme is to encourage people around the world to do an act of kindness and help at least one person smile. You know, in everyday life, too often we actually underestimate the smallest things. Mm. Um, you know, a kind word, a listening ear, um, an honest compliment, um, or even a small act of caring yeah. and smiling is one of those things that we underestimate because it, because it can have the potential to turn to turn life around yeah um, you know a small act can can um can go on to change um a life and a small thing major change it, it is as simple as that um yeah the number of times we've spoken on on this show about small kinds of actness, um, uh, kindness and um, smile is free. It costs nothing. Hmm. It actually um, costs not to smile uh, because when you frown, you use more muscles. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's an interesting one. <laughs> well, you do. When you frown, yeah, you, you, you use more muscles. Uh, whereas, because, uh, whereas when you smile, um, you brighten up the day, not just for yourself. Plus, smile actually gives... Um, uh, it, it tells the other the the the, the true um, uh, the true condition of what you're feeling inside. Yeah. Um, it 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 speaks a thousand words, no doubt. So kindness. When we talk about kindness, uh, as uh, Brother Kim just mentioned, that the theme uh, of this year's World Smile Day is to encourage people around the world to do an act of kindness, or you know, at least help one person smile. And it can mean different things to different people. Um, so you talk about empathy, you talk about acceptance, <laughs> kind gestures, thoughtfulness, just, you know, maybe holding that door, which we all we already do. 
but with that intention that I'm going to help someone or be be uh, helpful to someone, the possibilities, as I said, they're entirely up to you. So it might look like being helpful or showing empathy, or it may even you know mean doing nice things without expecting. And I think that's that's a difficult or uh, not difficult, but in today's world, something um, not expected that you do something without wanting or expecting anything in return. Yeah, well, this this goes back to the conversation me and Asad, the, our, our engineer, were having just before uh, just just before the show. That in today's day and age, um, the notion, the definition of of relationships, the definition of what one does hmm. is always based on what can you do for me. Yeah, it's what, not. What based, am I getting out of it? What yeah. am I getting out of it? And it's sad. It is so sad. Uh, and the comparison we were making was um, that is uh, the, the more civilized people get, the more developed people get, the more money people get, the more affluent people will get. Um, it might be looked upon as progress, but um, you compare it to, uh, you know, how many times, Brother Raza, you've spoken about going to Africa, how many times you go to poorer countries, you go to people who have less to do, people who are yeah. challenging lives. And if you were to sit and be honestly make a comparable, um, you will realize the people who have less, people who are less affluent, people who have hardship in life, smile one hell of a lot more yeah. than people who have uh, people who who have things falling out of their pockets. Yet, um, you know, it, it it to get them to smile, yeah. I will have to do something for them. <laughs> just today, when you mentioned Africa, just today I met I met a brother who just recently moved here from from Ghana. Okay. So I met him after the Friday prayers, and I'm I was talking to him like I don't know three four minutes, just asking where he is from and etc. Whatnot. Throughout that conversation, that man had a smile on his face, mm-hmm. and it was so nice to talk to him. Um, and instantly, within you know the first couple of words, he, he was just so comfortable so nice so friendly um and 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 so polite so in our instagram story our question is what makes you smile Mm. um uh, you know brother as i was talking about in today's day and age and i'm sure everyone who's listening you all drive next time someone um cuts you up next time somebody (laughs) annoys you and while you're driving um Instead of uh, and 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 you know, there's always hand gestures that uh, that follow such things. <laughs> Whenever somebody makes a gesture at you, think drive time and just smile, <laughs> smile at them. I can guarantee you, um, it will make them think about what they just did. Smile and 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 let them be. Um, yeah. One of what, smile and I give that example because people don't understand. It's all well and good giving quotes and talking about it from a definition perspective. But in action, the power of a smile can calm a person down Hmm. to such a degree. Because if somebody is raged, somebody's anger... Um, and yes, of course, I'm not going to. And a Depends lot of people, on the smile, of course, it does. a lot of people will, a lot of people <laughs> yeah. will be thinking, ah, oh, man, but it can also make the other person even more angry. Yeah. But again, as you said, it depends hmm. on how you smile and what you say, what accompanies that smile. Yeah. But smile is comforting. Smile has the power to calm people down. And, you know, if you learn to smile in the most 
direst situation in life, yeah. life will be a lot easier. And I can assure you, take that from me, that advice. <laughs> if at the worst possible in your life, be it sorrow, yeah. be it difficulty, be it whatever hardship you might have, look at life in a way and smile. Yeah. And And the reason I say that is because smile and think, you know what? It could have been worse. It could have been worse, no doubt. Now, today is World Smile Day, but for us as Muslims, we are so fortunate enough that all of these awareness days or the things that we find in today's day and age where people said, you know, this is something that we should do. This is something that we should do to make our life easier. Something we've seen and we've read about these things from uh, in the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Um, these teachings, they are an integral part, part of the religion of Islam. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he personified the essence of thoughtfulness and, and compassion in almost every action. If you look at the life that he lived before his prophet, uh, before he proclaimed to be a prophet, if you look at the life after he proclaimed to be a prophet, if you look at the hardships that he faced and how he dealt with those hardships, then it becomes crystal clear for us that as Muslims, we should never despair. We should never lose hope. We should never uh, think that this is it. This is the end. Nobody can help me. Nothing good can, can come out of this. Because you once said that you do not do evil to those who do evil to you, but you deal with them with forgiveness and with kindness. We've already had some responses. Yeah. And uh, Rupita Khan says... Uh, and it made me smile because <laughs> I, I looked at the answer without without putting my glasses on. From far, it looked like my babysitter, but, then, <laughs> but it's not. It's my baby sister. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's uh, Tahir Rahman who says, "A smile makes uh, makes them smile. Yeah. A smile is a sunnah. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, but uh, you know." Um, uh, James Bond 007 Arman says nothing nowadays brother give me a call I want to know listening to me and brother Reza why are you not smiling that, that's just illegal as of now there's a statute there saying not listening uh, to DTS and not smiling is is just a crime give me a call 0208677878 and tell me why is it that you think nothing nowadays makes you smile Maybe we can change that for you. Maybe we can play Arman for a bit and then you can call us and make us smile and see how easy or how difficult that is actually. And we'll, 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 we'll be you know, delighted to have a conversation with you and share some of the anecdotes or stories of kindness that you would like to share. Now, um, Harry Ball, who's a commercial artist from Worcester, Ma- Massachusetts, he created this smiley face in 1963. That image went on to become the most recognizable symbol of goodwill and good cheer on the planet. How many times during the day, just think about it, if you're writing messages, if you are on WhatsApp or on social media, how many times do we... Use that smiley, actually. What the, the semicolon and the bracket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, no, no. The colon and the, the bracket. The colon and the bracket. That's weak eye. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the weak eye. Yeah, no, we're not talking about that one. Just, just the colon and 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 the bracket. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yes, it, yes, it is. If, yeah. if you, you can put a dash in between for the nose as well. Well, if you think about it, the, the earliest days, yeah. that's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, of course, you have your emojis and, and whatnot and, and, and uh, you know, the, the development of the smile yeah. um, um, uh, feature or, or, or whatever you want to call it online um, is, is, it has changed. But 
the essence is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, you know, in the olden days, it was uh, the the colon and and the bracket. Yeah. So um, after 1963, just just to continue on before we go to our ne- uh, first guest for today, as the years then passed, Harry, Harry Ball became concerned about the over commercialization of that smiley symbol and how its original meaning and its intent had become lost in the constant repetition of the marketplace. So out of the, that concern came his idea for the World Smile Day. He thought that we, you know, all of us should devote one day each year to smile, um, to smiling and to smiles and kinds, uh, kind acts throughout the world. And that smiley face, it, you know, it knows no politics, it knows no geography, no religion. And his idea was that at, for at least one day each year, neither should we. What a nice gesture and what a nice thought. We we have our first guest with us. Yes. Um, we have with us uh, Rim Shamasud, who's a law student. Um, <clears throat> good afternoon. Welcome. Assalamu and peace be on you, Rimsha. Wa alaikum peace be You're a law student. Uh, yes, I am. That, see, that, see, that made you smile, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Rimsha, when you hear the word kindness, what comes to mind? And what does kindness mean to you? Um, I believe that kindness is a way of living your life. If you're a person that has the key principle of kindness in your life, I find that all other qualities and all other goodnesses kind of follow. And you automatically develop into that person that other people will look up to as well. I feel like that's what I look as kindness to. When you represent the word kindness, you have to kind of Hmm. be it from within as well. Now, we haven't spoken about this yet, but I think we're going to mention this, uh, uh, you know, as we go along. In, In Islam, for example, smiling is considered to be a form of charity. Um, why do you think that is? Islam as a religion, uh, for those who've done their research and as a Muslim myself, that I find that Islam is a religion that uh, adheres to the rights owed to mankind. So the simple act of even smiling is considered charity. And we know the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is really is the person. He is a personification of kindness himself. Through all his acts, through all throughout his life, he displayed kindness in all parts and all actions throughout his life. All right. Uh, now, something that uh, you know, when you go through social media nowadays, you have these videos of these influencers who are, you know, just performing random uh, random acts of kindness. I want to ask you, in your life, what was the last act of kindness that you personally saw, and 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 how how did that make you feel? In my personal life, I think there's always something uh, every day that you see a small act of kindness. But as the world, we saw we saw the big act of kindness was during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like the whole world came together. Um, Lots of other charities came together, worked together just to um, provide that source of kindness in, in that time where the world was a bit into darkness. Hmm. And on that note, I mean, you, you volunteered, correct me if I'm wrong, for the Humanity First Food Bank in, in Walsall, um, which, 
well, has grown. I remember when when they opened up that food bank, it was relatively small, but it has grown by the grace of God, to, you know, to a to a considerable size. And and feeding the poor is considered a great deed, of course, in in, in any culture and any religion that you can think of. Do you feel that working for a food bank has brought some changes in you? And do you have any experiences that maybe you could you could share with us volunteering in that food bank? Yes, when we started out, we were really small, but by the grace of Allah, we've got plenty of volunteers now that we run on a daily basis. Um, act of kindness, um, you really have to um, really absorb kindness when you're working at the Humanity Fest because you don't know what kind of people will walk through the door. Mm. And sometimes we're dealing with really hard situations where the people walking through the door, they're sharing their stories and just hearing their stories, you kind of feel like it hits your heart and you don't know how to react, but what they need is just for you to listen and mm. uh, be that shoulder that if they want to cry on. So um, that's what I would consider the kindness. And I feel like all of the volunteers at Humanity First, Alhamdulillah, they all represent kindness in that way. Yeah. And sometimes there's really difficult people that come through the door as well that um, we will find as like volunteers are really hard to deal with in a way that they're not cooperating. But even in that sense, all of our volunteers and um, myself included, we all try to strengthen ourselves and be that reflection of kindness. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. Ramesh Masood, uh, thank you very much, Zakala, for your time. We wish you all the best for your remaining studies, and uh, thank you very much again, more for for joining us. Assalamualaikum. What makes you smile? Yeah, a lot of things. Uh, it's it's very difficult to pinpoint it to one thing. I think no. If I see something, well, how, how would you differentiate laughter with smiling? Oh, that's that's a good question. You're 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 the expert on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because to me, laughter is the best medicine. I mean, well, but you you always mention you, you it laugh to... about a good joke. Uh, no, you... but why? Laughter and smiling isn't subject to. Why is it conditional? No, it's not. I'm, I'm it's not got to be. That. It's got to be for everything. Uh, because of the power of the smile. Yeah, smile is medicinal. Mm-hmm. Um, laughter is the best medicine. We've spoken about it so many times because it is. Mm. Yes, of course. But there are negative aspects of everything. Yeah. But when you when when you weigh the pros and the cons, mm. laughter, smiling, um and we already said how it can change it can change the day, but um it it can actually uh open up um your your mind uh to um to to those parts of the brain which uh, when you're not in a in a good place. Mm. Uh, tends to t- t- tend to kind of contract or close down. Yeah. Whereas when you smile, it kind of makes you calm. Um, you breathe better. You breathe better. And you look at life in a in a more philosophical way. <laughs> <laughs> it is hence a, the beard. <laughs> Listen, it, it it works. You've been doing a lot it of works. philosophy lately. It haven't works. You? <laughs> it, it works. It's amazing how the number of people who have come up to me and said to me, why don't you color it? Why don't you cut it? Nah, don't smiling, color it. In a smiling no. way. Don't get me wrong. It's like, it's, and some people have walked past me and then turned around and said, 
is that you? I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is me. <laughs> because now people are out and about. Yeah. And a lot of people who during the pandemic didn't get to see each other, um, people forget that I'm sure you will realize if you think next time you meet someone that you actually haven't met since before pandemic. Mm. And you'll be like, oh, my God. You've grown. Exactly. <laughs> Things have changed. And, and so many people I've met in the past kind of couple of weeks I hadn't seen since 2000, like, you know, late 2019 or mid-2019. Because kind of two years did disappear. Yeah. But nobody saw anyone. Yeah. So it, it's like, oh, my God. what? And so the, the best one is, what's happened? What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> two years have happened. Yep. Wonderful. Now... Uh, you've just heard uh, that, uh, and, and I think the, that 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 puts it very very nicely. That if you have a frown, it's it's easier to smile because you're using less muscles, uh, and it's the health benefits, the emotional benefits that we're talking about. And not only do the positive effects of smiling affect you, but there are also, of course, benefits of smiling at others too, which we started off the show with. We often underestimate our effect of smile on others. Um, it, yeah, you might find the odd one here and there, depending on how their day is going, who will say, what, what, are, you, what are you smiling at? What, what are you laughing at? But I'm telling you, I think most of the people that you smile at will smile back. They will think about it that, you know, there was a stranger on the on the street who, who made my day. So a smile is a gesture we all understand across the world. It, it is something that we all do in, instinctively and it's not something that we learn to do. For example, if you have babies, if you have uh, children who are blind, smile at their parents' voices. So in the words of the late writer and poet William Arthur Ward, a warm smile is a universal language of kindness. Without a doubt. A number of Isn't times it? you have looked at someone and you thought, what the hell is he smiling at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might as well just go along with it. No, but this is what I'm saying. It's contagious. When you love to speak about laughter, yeah. oh, the, there is so many videos out there. And even when you when you overhear conversations where people are laughing and this is one guy or one person who has this very, very contagious laugh, you, you cannot help but just... Nothing more pleasurable than sitting in a conversation and having a laugh knowing the other person is getting annoyed because you're smiling <laughs> in the most nicest possible way yeah. <laughs> and all of you have done it yeah <laughs> our next guest for today is a civil servant for over 40 years he was honored with the bm and the queen's new year's honors list in 2021 for her work in the environment and serving the walsall community alongside her day job um, she keeps busy serving the community with collecting and delivering food daily to different groups, emergency services, shelter homes, and food banks and whatnot. Our next guest for today is Balbir Samar. Balbir, good afternoon. Peace upon you and welcome to the Draft Time Show. Uh, good afternoon. Assalamu alaikum and namaskar. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, do you think that small acts of kindness, though they happen, uh, we know that they happen, have the potential to make the world a happier place. I, I do. I'm a very positive person. And um, if I may quote, uh, Mark Twain said, kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. So showing kindness, I think, increases your ability to connect with others. Um, and also it helps to build uh, empathy. Uh, as a result, it sort of brings about stronger bonds uh, of friendship 
based on shared experiences. Um, as we know that there is so much aggression, harm, cruelty uh, in the world, um, that where we can make a difference, uh, we, we should try. And not just think along the lines that, you know, everyone could have, but nobody did, mm. thinking that somebody else will. Um, it's not an option. So for me personally, kindness is a, a type of behavior um, marked by acts of uh, generosity, consideration, and actually rendering some assistance or to the humanity in general without expecting any rewards um, in return. However, now that you've mentioned my uh, honor, I, I have to admit that, you know, when we are recognized or praised, it is truly humbling. Mm. And immediately, um, it's uh, attributed to, to God Almighty, uh, whatever faith we belong to, for giving strength, wisdom, and creating opportunity for us, mm. uh, or opportunities for us to, to serve. Um, and I do believe that uh, we as individuals, we can make a difference, uh, make the world happier. Even uh, small acts, uh, however small they may be, they have a huge impact uh, in, in the world. And, you know, every act, every reaction has a, whatever the word saying is, I can't think now. Every action has a reaction. Yeah. A reaction, that's right. So if we increase these small acts of kindness, and that would have a ripple effect and we will be able to reach out to even mm. more people who are in a dark place, um, often mentally or otherwise, yeah. and to uh, perhaps rethink um, the action they are planning to take or sadly they may be taking uh, immediately. Mm. So in a, in a nutshell, kindness does accomplish so much you know, as the sun uh, can make the ice melt, I believe that um, I have firm faith that kindness can help in many ways to get rid of uh, misunderstandings, mistrust, often hostility and, and hearsay. Yeah. Um, and and for us, it might be a small act of kindness, but we don't know how... Um, the other person perceives it. Maybe for them, this is probably the nicest thing anyone has ever done to them or it's probably the most impressive thing that they've ever seen. So we don't know that. But it's just, I think, as you mentioned, it's the intention that we have. Um, on on that note, do you think that, is is that something that, that can be taught to others? Is that something that we we just have intrinsically within us? Or if you teach it to others, how 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 can you do so? Hello, can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. Yeah, um, helping people to understand, uh, I think, there is so much uh, that can be done that something that they consider trivial, as we've said, could make a huge difference. Mm. And it can bring about a positive change in, in their life journey. Um, being kind is not, so, not necessarily a religious belief. It's just knowing that you are helping another human being. Um, it can be taught. Um, there are so many testimonials uh, available to us in many forms of how people who have been helped go on to help others. Um, as a Princess Trust mentor, um, I and everybody else uh, may share the same opinion. We hear examples of how the Princess Trust users, the mentees, 
how what support they've received, how it's changed their life journeys in their careers, their businesses, or even build their confidence. So in an essence, kindness, it's a topic of interest um, in, in many forms, philosophy, religion, psychology, and each area will give its own benefits and guides. How can it be taught? Um, leading by example, hmm. um, I suppose by living it. Uh, my father's um, actions taught me to serve. Um, he was a great believer um, in, in helping others. Uh, and way back in the 1970s and the 1980s, uh, when we set up home in, in the UK, he, he realized how difficult it was for people to come into a foreign country uh, and to set up home. And his outlook has always been optimistic. Um, and I've grown up with this. And being community orientated, he, he would have given the shirt off his back um, to help a fellow being in their time of need. Um, and it wasn't always somebody that he knew. It could have been somebody that was recommended to him. Um, so he helped people set up their businesses, purchase their first homes, into jobs. Um, and his motto was always, when the situation improves, you can pay me back. Hmm. And from this, I learned that only give as much as that you never expect its return. So give and you forget about it. And when I think back, um, you know, it, it's a great feeling to think that he's helped so many people. And I, when I walk down the road and see the businesses of people that he's helped, you know, it, it's a, it's a, has a huge impact on me and I feel humbled um, uh, and grateful that he taught me this. And I hope that my actions will perhaps teach others um, to do, you know, uh, to perform in the same way. But what was the what was your last act of kindness? How did it make you um, feel? Um, and and is kindness always only based on? Uh, I mean, kindness is a lot more broader than just helping others, isn't it? What about being kind to yourself? Kind to myself, yes. Uh, Today, uh, just dropped off a food delivery, and um, they were so grateful. And it was a small act on my part, you know, the smile, the, the smiles, and the joy on their faces. Uh, that, in turn, brings me a great joy. Um, and about being kind to myself, um, I suppose, uh, you know, just seeing their wonderful, you know, the glow on their faces that I've made their day less stressful um, uh, and, and you know, help them in their day, um, it, it just makes me feel so good. Wonderful. Balbir, thank you so much for taking time and coming on to the Drive Time Show. I wish you a fantastic smiley day ahead. <laughs> may, peace, may peace be with you. Thank you. And can I just say that, you know, by doing these things, I think it helps my mental and physical well-being too. So for that, I am eternally grateful Wonderful. Uh, to the community. Um, and that, that, is my, that was me being positive. Excellent. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you. Thank you. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you to call. And don't forget, we're asking you a question on our opinion poll on Instagram. What makes you smile? I think smiling is 
you know, Prophet Confucius said, you are what you think. Hmm. One of his most famous quotes is, you are what you think. So smiling is a thought process. And if you smile, it will make your thought process, it will broaden the horizons of how you think. Mm-hmm. Because a smile will always take you to a good place. Hmm. Um, and if you are in a good place, you will do good things. Such a simple quote. Yeah. But we are talking about kindness. Again, even kindness is a lot broader than, I mean, a lot of our guests have talked about, you've talked about humanity first, but Beer's talking about hmm. um, um, helping out and, and doing good within the community. Kindness is a way of life. Mm. It's part and parcel of a way of life. And the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, always smiled. Always. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, smiling is, and everything he did in his life, everything he did in his life, always started off with a smile. Um, he, We've spoken so many times on the challenges he faced in his life, mm. yet he dealt with them um, again smiling wasn't the 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 main topic or the main behavior mm. but it was just a natural habit the the, the approach yes attitude because that's the beginning point yeah yeah uh, it was a habit and smiling is a habit mm. um you know is is they they famously say that when a person gets something wrong and then suddenly they develop a smile it's either they have found a solution or if they've found someone to blame it on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, continuously smile. You, you will find a solution. It, it, it is, it, smiling is, is a mindset. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's a lot bigger and it's a lot broader yeah. than just limiting it to... Um, a certain acts in your life and I, I think it's part and parcel of self-development where smiling should be spoken about a lot more it should be done a lot more um, we are com- we are going in, in, if one was to look around our life at the moment we're going to be we're heading towards some serious yeah. challenging times and I can assure you smiling is the last thing people have on their minds people will have on their minds but yeah. try it you'd be surprised what doors it will open Speaking on that, you know, the example that you mentioned, there's a Chinese proverb that says that a man without a smiling face must never open a shop. Yes. Why? Because such a man will never be able to attract others' attention, conquer their hearts, or make them buy more. Yep. And they'll never buy a coffee from you. I have experienced this. <laughs> Listen, how many times have you walked into a coffee shop and, and the, the barista has looked at you and smiled and said, good afternoon, good morning. What would you like? Yeah. You know? Especially in the morning. In the oh, morning. If you see a grumpy face, you're going to walk out of there right uh, away. Exactly. It, it does because it's infectious. It is infectious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the number of times we have kind of, uh, you know, looked, gone into coffee shops and, and you, you, your um, behavior, your order, your, um, your decision to stay there or not is yeah. going to be based upon. Or come back, yeah. Uh, is going to be based upon what the, the way they have treated you. Yeah. And smile is 80 to 90% of how that treatment is going to be. That is it. Um, is going to be given out. Wonderful. Now, uh, we're going to move on to our next guest for today. We have with us on the line Dr. Haley Dare. Dr. Haley Dare is a consultant, clinical psychologist, and chief executive of NeuroEquity 
Um, and what that exactly is, we're going to find out. Good afternoon, PC Pony, and welcome to The Draft. I'm sure, Dr. Dear. Hello. Very nice to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today is World Smile Day. Now, we've spoken about this and we looked at it from, from our personal point of view. We've spoken about random acts of kindness. But from, from a professional, meaning from a f- psychologist's perspective, what is the importance of a smile? Well, it's interesting. I was just listening to you there, and um, there's so many scientific truths to um, those proverbs that you're actually just talking about. But um, smiling actually activates um, tiny molecules in your brains that are designed to fend off stress. And these molecules are called neuropeptides, and they facilitate communication between neurons in our brains. So also when you smile, your brain releases a cocktail of these wonderful feel-good neurotransmitters that are associated with feelings of happiness. And they also lower feelings of anxiety and they make us feel much more relaxed. Now these neurotransmitters are dopamine, endorphins and serotonin. Now this natural feel-good cocktail of neurotransmitters that your brain serves up can even lower heart rate it can lower our blood pressure, and it can help to reduce physical pain. So that's just some of the reasons hmm. why smiling is so important. So there's actually a, a real reason why smiling is important. And that's the reason why Brother Kim recovered from that from that tremendous injury that he received within days, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> I always smile. Yeah. It's, it's become, you know, it, it annoys people. It makes me smile more when people tell me it annoys them. <laughs> but now, oh, on on that note, sorry, sorry to cut you off, um, Doctor Terry. When when you speak about that cocktail that gets released in our brains, what kind of smile are we talking of? Because sometimes you you put on that smile to make others feel better, um, and and most of the time, I think that the natural smile that you have, the natural laugh or whatever it is, is there a difference? There, there is a difference, and I mean, we talk about a genuine smile, but sure. we also can talk about a forced smile. But actually, if your listeners now just tried it, you'll actually notice a change in your brain if you just put on a, a, a smile. So if your um, listeners are, are just sitting listening to the radio now and they just gently put on a little smile, what you'll notice is how it starts to feel in your brain. And it just makes you start to feel a bit better. So even if you are struggling, even if you are having a difficult day and you think, do you know the last thing I want to do is smile, just actually forcing yourself to smile will make you feel better because it causes that change in your brain. I'm thinking about Jamal and uh, Johnny sitting in the car right now listening to this (laughs) and putting on a smile. All right. Um, Dr. Dear, do you agree with the expression that it is better to give than to receive? Um, I Yes, I absolutely do. And, and I do because as well as I believe in compassion, it is supported psychologically and neurologically. So whenever we engage in an act of giving, an act of altruism, an act of kindness, it triggers this release of neurotransmitters and three in particular. So there's oxytocin. Now, that's the human bonding neurotransmitter. Now, oxytocin helps um, to release or helps to lower our blood pressure. So it dilates our blood vessels. So it actually gives your heart more oxygen. So it's cardioprotective. It protects your heart. Hmm. And then we have the release of serotonin. Now, that's linked to feelings of self-esteem and worthiness. 
And it also helps to decrease feelings of depression and anxiety. And it increases your feelings of happiness. And then finally, there's the release of dopamine. And that's associated with the reward and pleasure center of the brain. Mm -hmm. Now, this lovely triad of neurotransmitters is activated in the giver every time they engage in an act of kindness or altruism. And the more they give, the more they want to give because of the effect of dopamine, mm. because it works on a feedback loop. Now, the wonderful thing about this is it does also trigger that triad in the receiver. So it does make them feel good too. But I would absolutely agree with it is better to give than to receive. Wonderful. And lastly, from my side, uh, we were talking uh, to you know the two guests before you who were volunteering and giving back to the community. Um, when we see people doing great humanitarian work, for example, you know when you look at the bigger picture, supporting disaster victims, we we know the impact that it has on on people's lives. They are mm. deeply touched by it. They come back, change people. But what what about us in in our respective roles in our lives here? You know these smaller acts of kindness that you were were talking about. What difference can they make in in someone's lives um, apart from you know the, the 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 chemical reaction in our brains? So small small acts of kindness can make a huge difference. Kindness is, is like the glue that can hold people together. It can hold society together, and it, it doesn't have to cost anything. Hmm. The wonderful thing about kindness is it, the ripple effect it has and the impact it, it has on our brains and on our bodies, as I've just been explaining. But kindness is highly contagious. So it's got an R ratio of five, meaning that for every one act of kindness you engage in, it will affect 125 people. So 125 people will benefit from one act of kindness that you engage wow. in. And that was, that was demonstrated by a Harvard University study. And that's because the one person you help will then go on to help another five people. Those five people will go on to help another five and so on. Mm -hmm. Now, it can be small gestures such as helping somebody carry in their shopping or maybe offering a seat to somebody. Just picking up the phone and checking in a friend that you haven't heard from for a while, or maybe genuinely asking a colleague at work if they're doing okay. It, it doesn't have to be financial. Our time is worth so much these days, but in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Isn't that, I mean, you're absolutely right, isn't that what people have kind of limited kindness to, that it is, it's always involved with with giving money or 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 you know it's the monetary aspect isn't it <laughs> absolutely and i think at the moment when there are so many constraints on sure. people financially and so many people are struggling it doesn't have to be financial and, and yeah. so many people have forgotten that and it is a simple and it is about giving a smile yeah. it is just simply about um giving your time listening to somebody and that can make such a difference to somebody particularly if they are struggling Wonderful. Dr. Uh, Haley Dare, consultant, a, a clinical psychologist and chief executive of NeurEquity. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Dare. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and we wish you all the best uh, and a great weekend ahead. Peace upon you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Bye-bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you to call if you want to share and make us smile, smile and laugh and have a great weekend ahead. Yes, you? We're saying something. See, 
we, we've spoken about kindness and, and you know, kind of <clears throat> um, the, our, our uh, guest, Dr. Uh, Haley Dare, kind of confirmed that, yes, I know you, you're, you, you were trying hard to kind of get her to differentiate between genuine and, and non-genuine. No, I just wanted to know. I didn't want like, no, come, no, on, but, no, come no, on, come no. on. But it is the same. Yeah. And yes, look, loads of people out there in this world who don't like sharing mm. and they wear a mask. They, they, they smile is the best cover mm. because it will, um, it will keep people at bay. Yeah. So it can it can it benefits in a, in a different way. We talked about kindness, and yes, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's it, people kind of measure it hmm. in monetary terms. And I always say, look, you know, if you want to feel the extreme benefits of kindness, is when you sacrifice something you have you like to give to someone else who needs hmm. it more than hmm. you then that feeling that you will get is one hell of a lot more than kind of saying, well, I gave my time um, because I had some time. Yeah, yeah. I gave some money <coughs> because it was, I, I, I could afford it. Hmm. The, 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 I'm talking kindness. And again, please don't get me wrong. I'm not writing off what people do. Yeah. But, if you're if if we really want to be truthful to ourselves then the true essence of kindness is to give something up that you think you love yeah but then you think you know the other person who you want to give it to needs it more needs it more and i, I and I'm, do that with a smile i, I might have i'm i'm sure i've mentioned this somewhere but just before quickly before we we go to our next guest you know the and I'll ask you this, the, 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 the most impressive thing that you have seen in your life when we talk about random acts of kindness. I remember when I was in Canada, we went to New York for, for I think it was winter break, Christmas break. And it, it, it's bitter cold hmm. in, in New York. It's windy. It's, it's so freezing. Now, with me, I had, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine. I'm not going to mention the name. We've, we've spoken to him on the draft time show as well. I th- I'm sure we've, we have at one point. He's an imam in, in one of the European countries. And, and there was a man, it was a small niche between two buildings, and he was basically hide, not hiding, but he was, he was, you know, saving himself from the wind and from the cold, and it was snowing as well. And we were, walking by and all of a sudden it was three of us three or four of us and all of a sudden he was gone i I didn't see him anymore we crossed the road and from the other side of the road i saw him going back to that man and giving him his own jacket and he only had i don't know a sweater or whatever some something light um under that jacket he gave him that jacket came back and pretended as if nothing happened and it's as if we didn't notice what he had just done. Hmm. And that stuck with me. It's still today. It's in, it's in it's in the back of my head and and I thought that was that's exactly what you were mentioning. Hmm. He needed that jacket. Hmm. It's not like I mean we we had like five around laying around in the in the car, but he needed that jacket, but he saw that person needed it more, more. than than he did at that time. And ideally the per, you know, I'm sure that person did this and he kind of quietly slipped away because he didn't really want no 
and you want to know nothing no- which is the true yeah. act of kindness isn't that's it that's what it is our next guest for today very quickly we're going to speak to John McGee John is a best selling author of kindness matters and the UK kindness ambassadors for schools good afternoon peace be upon you and welcome to the draft i'm sure john Assalamu alaikum brother it's a pleasure to be here how are you how are you today alhamdulillah thank you so much for asking um uh, john you are a kindness coach and ambassador for schools i mentioned um first of all i want to ask you schools what kind of age are we talking about the reason why i'm asking this is that you do that or why do you think that teaching kindness at schools is necessary if you have um you know depending on on the age of of those kids because um yeah we'll we'll get to that when 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 we come to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's um i started off in high school key stage 3 and 4 okay. and then over the years since 2014 i was encouraged by my coach that to make a bigger difference in society the earlier we can get in the yes. much better So I just kept being drawn to primary. I love high school, don't get me wrong. I love speaking in universities. There's just something magical about working with, you know, little kiddies, uh, key stage one, which is like early years, huh. one up to 11. So, yeah, it's, it's just um, it's just magical. It's just magical. And so why why is that necessary? Why did you decide to go even younger and go to primary? because don't get me wrong do they understand what you what you trying to teach them yeah 100% and i believe every single human being is a kind person you know all behaviors learn behavior you know and the children and at the end of the day it's like that famous song by linda creed which everyone thinks by whitney houston you know i believe the children of the future mm. teach them well and let them lead the way and you know if, if we can't get in earlier you know was positive role models in society so obviously my message is kindness yeah. and lots of people have lots of different other messages um for for me teaching kindness and cultivating it because like i said it's in every single human being it's um it's innate you know yeah. it's an integral thing and just cultivating that and teaching children that it's already inside them yeah. and, and you know that all they have to do is just see it within themselves and it's something that's always going to be there from you know from taking the first breath to the last breath so yeah, to speak yeah. now you as i mentioned have written also a book called kindness matters you in in that book you say that when you are kind to others it not only changes you it changes the world um tell us more about it how can we change the world That's a very good question. Well, I would say if you want to change the world, you've got to start with yourself because we are the world. I think it was mm. Michael Jackson was they sing a song we are the world and we are. We we are the world so you know it's I think he sings it in one of his songs, you know, if you want to uh, change the world, take a look at the person in the mirror. So you know, if you, if you before you, you know, start trying to change, you know, fix all these wars and all this famine and everything else going on in the world, well you have to start with yourself first take a look at yourself first and by changing yourself um it's a byproduct the world around you will change and and, and children are really you know i speak at head teacher conferences and and i'm very blessed to speak in lots of different you know senior leadership schools and you know i love working with you know leaders in education and i'm not saying they don't adapt to it more than children but children are like sponges they just mm. they just get it they just get it and when they when they see and they realize they have that epiphany that they are the world and that 
you know, every action has a consequence. Every every thought, word, and deed they do is going to have an impact on them and an impact on others. Like I said, it's just a magical thing, and, mm. and children see it. They, they they pick up on it really, really, really quick, and and they notice the feeling because it's emotional intelligence. So now, what what I was quite sneaky because <laughs> I got into I got into something called NLP, neuro linguistic programming, just by default. Um, a great teacher of mine uh, took me under his wing, and he's the he's like the Tony Robbins of um, of Britain. He's mm-hmm. a very humble man. And uh, when I shared with him my vision, what I wanted to do to spread um, the kindness matters vision throughout the UK, if not the world, he said, look, I'm going to take you under my wing. And Mm. so doing this research, learning something called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, I studied across, I came across the the essence of what it is, why kindness matters and why it does change the world, including every single one of us. And what happens is, is when we perform a, a random act of kindness, or we witness an act of kindness, or an act of kindness is given to us, you know, um, quite randomly, the body produces a chemical called oxytocin, which is a love hormone. And it has so many, um, many good properties um, within the body for healing stuff. Like one in particular, it gets rid of free radicals, which are commonly known for creating cancers Hmm. in the body. So, you know, I'm not saying it's the cure for cancer, but what I am saying is, is when you perform a random act of kindness, or you receive one, or like you mentioned before about the man with the jacket, you got an in, you got that release of oxytocin, mm. and I would say that every time you share that story, you feel it in your body. That, yeah, yeah that, you do. That, yeah, that feeling because it's had experience, and that's oxytocin, and that stuff's free. <laughs> who doesn't yeah. want to feel good? Come on, who doesn't want to feel good? <laughs> Wonderful. John, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. But thank you so much for for joining us today and for sharing um, and for answering some of the questions that we had. Best-selling author of Kindness Matters, John McGee, with us on the line. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Good office. Thank you. 0208687 We are asking you on our opinion poll on uh, Instagram, what makes you smile? So go to Voice of Slime UK and leave us a comment. We're coming to the end of this part of the program. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was always cheerful and bright-faced. According to historians, he always kept smiling in the face of his companions to the extent that Abdullah ibn Ibn Harith, Ibn Hazm, may Allah be pleased with him, said that I have never seen anyone who smiled more than the Prophet did. And there's also another companion of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with him. He narrated that the Holy Prophet said, do not disdain in good deeds, no matter how small it may seem, even if it is meeting your brother with a cheerful face. If you smile when you're alone, mm-hmm. Yeah, think about this. I'm sure you do it. It's the best smile and feeling in the world. If you're <laughs> if you're on your own, you've you spend so much time driving different going to different areas, different places. And you smile when you're driving and it is and that is a true smile because you really mean it because of whatever you thought. <laughs> it's the no best there, no magic, yeah. It's it, and again, when you smile too much, and when your smile goes into gymnastics, that becomes laughter. And uh, uh, you know, and and an out of control smile is when the giggles come in, and mm. then we you start laughing. And again, 
the key of that is when if you are able to do that <clears throat> on your own i can assure you life's challenges will become a lot easier <laughs> take it from me too many of them <laughs> at the moment no doubt now you are listening to the drive time show here on the voice of islam today with myself reza and brother kiyum we're going to move on to the five o'clock news but that poll we're going to keep up there and we want to hear see and read some wonderful comments uh, of uh, our listeners so go to Voice of Islam UK on Instagram and do leave us a comment. After the news, we're going to talk about normalizing un-Islamic customs. Here are the 5 o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Good afternoon, peace upon you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace and blessings of God Almighty be upon you all. Thank you very much for joining us today and for uh, sticking around for the second part of the program. And that is about... Innovations, normalizing un-Islamic customs. We're going to take a look at that. We're going to speak to some of our guests. But uh, as we announced in the first half of the program, the poll on Instagram is ongoing. If you want to have your say, if you want to leave us a comment on the first part of the program, which was about smiling, world smile, day, acts of kindness, what makes you smile, but then then by all means, <clears throat> do go ahead and leave us a comment. You can also send us a tweet at Voice of Islam UK. And as always, you can give us a call on 0208-687-7878. Now, celebrations are, and festivals are an integral part of human life in every society. Any kind of custom, any kind of ritual or traditions and celebrations, whether they are of religious, national or cultural nature, inevitably bring human beings closer to each other. You have Christmas, you have Hanukkah, you have Diwali, you have Eid. They're they're all examples of mankind's innate desire to celebrate and to congregate. And as Muslims, as as the religion of Islam, it recognizes the inextricably um, you know that that link of celebration with human nature. Islamic festivals and ceremonies are distinct ways of first and foremost glorifying and sharing glorifying God Almighty and sharing the joy that flow from the blessings of being the best people who are guided to the true faith. If we investigate the world's history, we find that one of the factors that caused serious damage to Islam and was a major root cause of the decline of the Muslim nation was um, when innovations and bad practices, practices that were not taught by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that were not found in the teachings of Islam in, in the Holy Quran, which fashioned under uh, into Islam under the influence of different non-Muslims, nations and cultures that you know, at one point came either into Islam or were just affected by them because they were around them. And these innovations and practices, they then gave birth to social evils evils that infected society um, like nothing else. We find in chapter 4, just one after this, uh, verse 49, God Almighty states that surely Allah will not forgive that any partner be associated with him, but he will forgive whatever is short of that to whomsoever he pleases and whoso associates partners with Allah has indeed devised a very great sin. You know, you talked about innovations and you talked about social um, people thinking that uh, modern day celebrations have infiltrated the religion. Hmm. There is a deeper thought process from my perspective when sure. people do that. Again, as man has um, practiced religion and belief in God, 
that belief in God has reduced and a belief in self has increased. And the notion and the misunderstanding that they have of their own thinking and status mm. Mm. has increased. So, and I, I've had this discussion with so many people um, and uh, this thing that Islam or religion, not Islam per se, religion is ancient and we're updating it. Mm. They think, man thinks they're doing a religion or a belief system, a faith, a favor yeah. by bringing it into the modern day, by creating these customs, traditions. Mm. Um, within Islam, uh, His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masurah, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, may Allah strengthen his hand, has, um, you know, he has spoken extensively and in fact all the previous uh, caliphs and uh, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the Promised Messiah, on whom BP spoke on it extensively as well. When it came to, in Islam, one of the one of the most common place where innovations and um, and customs and traditions is weddings. Yeah, His Holiness has spoken extensively on this. And when I, when I and and again, I, I talk at it from a personal point of view because no, just over a year ago when 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 my daughter got married, mm. and I came across a lot of people came and and asked when is this, when is that, <laughs> and I looked at them and I thought, hey, what, <laughs> what, what, what is this you're talking about? Oh. In India and in Pakistan, or they do this and they do that, yeah, and I yeah. thought to myself, no, that and 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 the whole idea and the whole uh, discussion was always, well, that was then, mm. this is now, mm. and things and and they people actually genuinely believe that they have progressed um, the belief, and they think they have done a favor. By bringing, as somebody once said to me, "Oh, we're bringing color mm. into in, into the religion," and and I thought that the, the the verse you talked about associating partners, you as a person has so much belief in yourself that you think you are going to be improving upon a faith system yeah. because of a certain practice which benefits you. Mm. But you have kind of given it such a, a a broader credit that you think you're updating something which is old. Oh, that was the olden days in those days. And and again, it, this brings me back to people who have normalized these traditions of customs, mm. truly don't understand how fun, how broad mm. Islam truly is, how flexible Islam truly is. Nowhere does it say, and all of these innovations are based on, oh, there's, uh, we're having fun. It's having a good time. What's the harm? What's the harm? Mm. And and again, they don't think beyond their nose because it's all about me, myself, and I. Is as to what, how I can enjoy a certain practice, task, activity, as you so rightly said. What's the harm? So it's a lot more deeper than just. Um, creating um, uh, uh, um, or, or starting or innovating a custom um, at a certain place. Birthdays is is um, is something that His Holiness. I remember the fourth <coughs> caliph of the um, of the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir, and may Allah have mercy on his soul, extensively spoken at the yeah. current um, His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masoor Ahmed. 
may Allah strengthen his hand, he's actually given his own example hmm. of what he does. And and again, people make comparables. And, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that we smile and we are kind and it gives us a feel-good factor. Well, that's what holiness is. His holiness talked about how on his uh, on the day of his birth, it's not as much as about when he was he's born. It's more about uh, thanking God um, for for you know praying the extra voluntary prayers and do an act of kindness hmm. because that's also going to make you feel better. Whereas if you think as um, as the fourth caliph always talked about, he goes, well, if, if you've invited. Um, your 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 uh, your friends and your cousins and your extra cousins and your uncles and aunts, then why haven't you invited your neighbours? Because your neighbours have exactly the same rights yeah. in in uh, in your partake. So where does it end? So of course, the more people get, the more wastage. Whether people like it or not, that is a true word. More people spend time uh, and waste time in organising a party than they do spending in organizing their own lives. (laughs) And that's just, you know, think about it. And and this is where innovations and customs and traditions, um, in fact, they cause a disservice to the true essence and the true understanding and the belief system of Islam. It's a very, the point that you mentioned uh, before about people thinking that they're, adapting that old tradition, that old faith, which, I mean, let's face it, the youngest religion, Islam, Islam for that matter, is 1,400 years old. When you think that you're adapting and you're bringing it into the 21st century by saying, okay, this is harmless, we can we can do this. The connection with that verse, that that's exactly what you're doing. You are committing active right. shirk, right? right? You are thinking... That that being who introduced these values and these rules and regulations or teachings, that you have that kind of knowledge, yeah. That kind you're, of you're, you, you're associating yourself, yeah, and equivalent and, thinking you have that kind of foresight, yeah, that you think you can do that. And again, I'll stick to forget about marriage, how marriage, uh, uh, how the activities of a marriage happens. Um, a lot of people, um, again, within the West, it's it's um, people automatically assume West is progressive, hmm. and how part life partners are chosen. Again, there are a certain rules, guidelines, which get uh, um, um, overshadowed by um, you know some of the practices in modern day. And they forget to look at it. I mean, in in this day and age, they talk about dating. People talk about, well, you should be able to date before you get married, even though we live in a country, we live in the West, Mm. where uh, it is proven fact that the a number of divorces that are happening in this in this in this uh, hemisphere, um, you know, before it used to be fifty fifty. First, it was like forty percent marriages are going. Then it came to fifty. Now, recent figures were. 25 out of 100 marriages are ending, uh, sorry, 25 out of 75 are surviving. 75, because they've changed the narrative, mm, they're talking about, mm. oh, look, 25% survived. Because it is shameful to say 75%, three quarters, three quarters are failing. Yeah. They're failing to a certain degree, such a degree that people have lost faith in marriage. Again, it is because of customs, traditions, innovations 
that people have introduced in a um, in in a very pure, flexible, yeah. and a broad yeah. faith, harmless, harmless way, which distracts you again from from the real purpose. That's right. To mask it, to to hide it, or to just not be bothered by the real purpose of why we do certain things and what the essence of these things should be. Hazrat Jabir, one of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and, be, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, addressed us and his eyes were showing redness. His voice became louder and he was very excited as if he was warning us of an invading army. He said, the enemy is about to attack you at any time during the day or night. He also said, I and the hour have been set, sent in close proximity. And he joined his two fingers to demonstrate the closeness while he said this. Then he added, now I tell you that the best discourse is the book of Allah and the best guidance is the guidance given by Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The most evil thing is to introduce innovations in religion and every innovation leads to error. And how right he was. We are only going to address maybe or talk about certain things within the within the religion of Islam. But believe you me, there are so many things. Because if you look at over, over the world, there's billions of Muslims around the world. And there are, well, officially 73 different groups and sects within the religion of Islam. And if you were to go through all of them, the amount of shirk, the amount of um, you know, additions or, or innovations within the pure teachings of Islam you will find is unbelievable. And this probably you will, will, you will realize at the end of the day after the show has been done why it was necessary for someone to correct these things. The promised Messiah on whom be peace said, if you were to be truthful to yourself, and truly self-reflect, you will realize you associate partners with God thousands of times a day. Yeah. And again, it goes back to self-reflection and why you are doing something. Um, and for what purpose are you kind of creating an innovation or following a custom and a tradition without thinking? And that's where the key is. People do things today without knowing why they're doing it because they're sheep. Hmm. And that's just the reality of of, of modern day. Um, and, and I'm not talking today. I'm talking if one was to look the past few decades, even a yeah. hundred years. Yeah. Um, but people follow things because they're just there, not because they know why they're mm, there. It's just there. Yeah. My grandparents have done it, so why shouldn't we? That's right. Our first guest for this part of the program is uh, Sister Anam Islam. She's a practicing lawyer. An associate to the president of the uh, national to the national president of the Amdia Muslim Community Auxiliary Organization, the Legendary Mala in Norway. Assalamu alaikum, peace upon you, and welcome to the Draft Time Show. Malaikum salam, jazakallah for having me. Um, Sister Anam, how do you define customs? How do you define rituals, and and mm-hmm. why they are so important to us? Mm-hmm. Um, well. The way I define customs and rituals is basically customs. They are all these unwritten laws or rules that have been practiced since ancient times for some and are passed on by ancestors to, for instance, some customs in in, um, the culture I belong to can be passed down from my ancestors down to me. 
uh, and uh, it's anything that people do or have been doing since long times and are practiced uh, almost every day or on specific occasions. At the same time, you have rituals, which can be um, different rites or procedures, uh, procedures that are performed according to some certain prescribed custom. For instance, you have, um, I, whenever I think about rituals, I usually always think about the religion of Hinduism that mm. has tons of rites connected to their the way they worship their gods. Uh, and um, so all these rituals um, exist. Um, in their religion, yeah. what I find to be the most um, the the common thing am- amongst them both is that both customs and rituals aren't necessarily something that has been written anywhere as mm-hmm. a specific law or a specific rule, but it became a practice uh, somewhere, and uh, the practice has just been kept kept alive and has been going through generations after generations, and it has become an important thing for many people because. They many people say that they find peace in these practices, mm. in these rituals, in these customs, or this is the way that they find to be the best way to do maybe practice their religion, for instance, or practice their culture, or practice um, their identity is mm. through those customs and rituals, and uh, people kind of unity in them they find um, some kind of happiness in them I don't know whether or not some of that happiness is has been put into their minds or some of that happiness is real I don't know that but many people claim that this feeling of unity and happiness and and just being a part of something that's historic and has been going on for many years is basically the reason why they find it to be very important for them Mm. Um, now we are going through the month of October, and if uh, I was to go into any shop right now, any major, mm. um, uh, you know, food shop or whatever it is, mm. you will see the pumpkins out. You will see the masks because on October thirty first, people around the world celebrate Halloween, mm. Um, mm. and and this celebration, as as is the case with others as well. I remember the game you mentioned uh, that you had a friend That's who right. was a Muslim yep. who had a Christmas tree mm-hmm. because why not? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 so us living here in these in these in these uh, countries and in, in this culture and this society, we might be able to deal with that because we understand what is what is part of our culture, what is part of w- what religion says. But when it mm. comes to children, they they look very attractive and they look fun for for mm. for the kids. What is the best way to educate our children against or this? Well, not against the celebration, but to mm. to tell them about the truth about mm. these celebrations, why we don't or shouldn't take part in it. Mm. For me, I remember the thing that kept me sort of away. When I was a kid, I remember all my my school friends used to go trick and treat, uh, trick or treating, and uh, there would be all these ha- Halloween parties happening, mm. even for like first, second, third graders. And uh, there were people would dress up, and I would see all these kids in the neighborhood doing, like just walking around, having fun. And then I would be at home, and my parents wouldn't let me go. But I remember the thing that made me sort of. Um, um, not wanting to be a part of it was when I learned the history of Halloween hmm. and how the origin is actually a celebration of the, the dead. And that sort of scared me that I didn't want to be a part of something that celebrated death because as a kid, I, well, I still fear death, but <laughs> as a kid, especially, I fear death a lot. 
And so learning about the history, how it originated from the Western Christians, how it wasn't a part of of, of anything related to my religion, that, that sort of did it for me. But another thing that I've seen has been quite helpful for many kids, especially I see that in our local mosque here in Oslo, we try to have alternative events happening. We try to offer alternative um, gatherings, alternative um, um, events that where they can find the same kind of comfort or happiness or joy or or that kind of, I don't know, feeling of not being left out. Yeah. Many well, kids want to be belonging, a part of, yeah. yeah. Sense of belonging, but yes, exactly those words. They, that's maybe one of the things that kids think about most is, I remember me, I used to think that I'm missing out. Everyone's a part yeah. of this. Everyone's going to be talking about this at school on Monday. I won't know anything. I won't have done anything fun. But now in our mosque, for instance, we do overnight stays. If Halloween falls during the weekend, we will be doing overnight uh, an overnight program in the mosque where you know, both um, uh, girls and boys can come. They can stay over. There are games happening for them. There is food. There's fun. There's candy, tons of candy. <laughs> there are so many other fun activities happening for them. And if we can't do, if it's not a weekend, we will still have like a, an evening program happening. And in that way, uh, and, and by doing that, the kids always have something to talk about and they feel a sense of belonging and they have been a part of something too. So they don't feel left out. So that has sort of helped a lot. And that program has seen an increase in the amount of participants every single year. So I think for kids, that's important to try. And uh, because some people, some kids, I, I've, I've done those um, lectures myself for, for kids in, in the mosque where I've tried to tell them about the history of Halloween. Some kids, for some kids, that will be enough because they would yeah. find it a bit frightening. But other kids would still be thinking, yeah, but everyone's doing it. Why can't we do it? Mm. That's why we then had to think about alternatives to Halloween, which were our own gatherings. And so, um, and we also maybe just like, I don't know, offer, offer them candy on a weekday and just a random day. And otherwise, mm. it doesn't have to be connected. Candy doesn't actually have anything to do with Halloween. Yeah. It's just like all of this, a meetup concept. So basically just try to tell them little by little what Halloween truly is. And then also, secondly, try to offer them optional um, uh, happen, get, uh, events they can be a part of. Um, or like maybe do something for their friends at home, for mm, instance. You yeah. can see, maybe call up a few parents and, and ask them if they want to maybe get together to do something for the kids. Yeah. And I know many people here in my neighborhood, for instance, have become very sick of Halloween because we had a few years here where, where there were a lot of, uh, not much treat giving, but a lot of tricks happening, yeah. with people throwing eggs on the houses and a lot of other things. So everyone was looking to do alternative things themselves. So I know many people also outside my culture is, uh, or outside our culture are quite done with Halloween now because yeah. we don't see it as a Norwegian practice or as something that needs to be kept alive because it, it brings with it a lot of negative things as well, unfortunately. So, when, when, mm. sorry, when when you mention mm. when you say that you know we can we can give mm. candy and 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 these sweets mm. on other days as well. What, what that mm. reminded me of is that we have certain days that are fixed and they're and you know a, a fixed part of the calendar. Mm. Now, if I was to check my phone and if I was to open up the calendar, you have days like Father's Day, Mother's Day, and mm. and and whatnot. So, so what was that? Um, 
the, the loved stuff the where the hearts oh, Valentine's, Hall- Valentine's Day yes mm. sorry about mm. that the, um, the so, love stuff <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I mean th- that's something that is being celebrated across the world and 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 they yeah. as i said they're fixed parts of the calendars now uh mm. so you have virtual greetings actual greetings gifts being sent to celebrate such days mm. um so clearly i mean just looking at for example mother's day father's day nothing wrong mm. with celebrating and 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 uh, giving gifts to your, to your parents but how again something how do we explain that to our children that mm. we as as muslims or how do we adapt without making our children feel left out as you know the mm. example that you gave mm. and i think every all of us i went through that so I, i can relate to whatever you mentioned same same mm. scenario mm. Yeah, well, and when it comes to Mother's and Father's Day, it's very important to to educate our kids on on Islam's teachings, so on how to respect our parents, and how the Holy Quran many times uh, emphasizes, or how God has emphasized in the Holy Quran, how we are supposed to treat our parents with kindness, and uh, we need to use have that uh, with us when we go to them and talk to them. And uh, another thing is that one thing that I often I usually often say this for instance when it comes to i would say like use the mother's day and father's day as an example when i talk to kids in the mosque i say how unfortunate are those parents that only have are being celebrated on mother's day or mm. father's day and how fortunate are your parents that god has told you to celebrate them every single day have you ever thought about it and i and they're like oh, okay there are a few wake up uh, that sentence in itself has been a, a, a wake up call for a few of the mm. kids because it's been like oh wow that's actually true because you have to show them the positive you have to come in with a positive approach the same goes for christmas for instance i know that celebrating christmas has become a thing now where many um muslim uh, families as well uh, celebrate christmas you you mentioned having a christmas tree and i know that's one another event i usually approach the kids and tell them well they have christmas once a year you have eid twice a year <laughs> have you ever thought about it so it's 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 all about like coming in with the positive approach like they only their parents are remembered once uh, once a year and that's actually not a lie uh, like I, i have seen tons of examples in in my adult life of of uh, elders that i've worked with or elders that i've seen in other through other platforms where they are only being remembered on mother's day or father's day and their kids don't think about them mm. um, for the rest of the year and um, how beautiful is our religion that has given us or told us very clearly that we should respect them every single day yeah. and as you said there's nothing wrong with mother's day and father's day as so but what is the need of those specific days when our kindness and love for our parents isn't supposed to be exclusive for those days only because if we put all our effort on these two days we exhaust ourselves with gifts on uh, specific days that valentine's day is the only day we're going to show love to our husband or wife or mother's day is the only year we're going to show love to our mom and father's day is the only day we're going to show love to our dad we're going to exhaust ourselves so mm, much mm. that we won't have much to give for the rest of the year yeah, yeah. because that's what happens people buy lavish gifts people spend so much time and money and effort into doing more than most to show some kind of love tr- through an, a materialistic approach on these days that exhaust them so much that the day after doesn't necessarily include that much love hmm. so um, i try to incorporate all these 
things when I when I talk to kids. I'm often asked to to talk to kids in in the mosque about these topics, and and usually I would always go in with this kind of approach, um, trying to go in with more positive narrative. And I think that's important, and uh, that's the only way we can teach hmm. our kids. And I, I can see a difference now. It's yeah. a much more enlightened era coming, an enlightened generation coming Wonderful. forward. Now, yeah. when when apart from the kids, when you talk to, I mean, you are an associate mm-hmm. to the president of of, of uh, the national president of the Legendary in Norway. I'm sure you've come mm-hmm. across and you've spoken to. Um, young young women within the community or even outside muslim uh, muslim women who are just about to get married who are in that mm-hmm. process of 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 uh, you know the the, the preparations mm-hmm. to that big wedding and mm-hmm. i've i've just looked up i mean on youtube if you just were type uh, were to type in a wedding th- there is a mm-hmm. endless list of of wedding videos and i'm sure i'm guessing from the way they look the setup mm. and everything it's not cheap we're talking about many many thousands if not hundreds of thousands of pounds for a couple mm. of days what do you tell them give okay, what's <coughs> what what should you what should you concentrate upon what is mm. important bits how should we or why should we refrain from spending 5000 pounds just on invitation cards mm. well, first of all i always start with the religious approach about how simple our religion is and how great our religion is that has given us the specific guidelines on how we're supposed to do things. And our religion has told us to do a nikah, simply, uh, to have a, like where you validate the marriage and then you have like a, the uh, sunnah is that you also do a valima. Mm. But our there are no um, demands from, from God that you have to have 500 guests there and you have to rent the most expensive venue yeah. and you have to have all these tiny little cards or tiny little, or I don't know, these placards or like um, shoes with your initials on them or I don't know what kind of things happen. Like there are tons of tons of things. But none of these things are going to validate your marriage or make your marriage stronger. Mm. All these materialistic things aren't necessarily going to make your marriage last longer. It's not going to make your marriage be stronger. Unfortunately, I also run a flower business where I do floral decor for weddings, which is quite ironic. And I often get uh, um, these kind of lavish requests from people. And it has come to the point that I've done so many of them that I myself get so exhausted seeing how much energy and money is put into all these expensive expensive floral decor decor decoration that no one's going to look at no Mm. one's going to come there and sit and stare at at a decoration for 10 15 (laughs) hours no one cares so i like always even my own clients i I advise them to do minimalistic things to do find cheap alternatives if you want to have flowers on your big day sure do it like you don't need those big like uh, hundred grand stages and stuff mm. like hundred thousand grand stages and stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. I think unfortunately we're in a time where we are always looking to outcompete one another. Yes. If one has done uh, an extremely uh, luxurious w- w- wedding, we want to outcompete that person. We always want to to do one notch better than mm. the one before, which is extremely tiring i very often when i talk to um people who are about to get married i'm always like why are you doing this to yourself Mm. like just think about it you have 
you're entering a new chapter in your life that's going to require a lot from you. It's going to require a lot of energy, a lot of mental effort, a lot of physical effort. Obviously, you're going to build an entire life with a, another person, a person that you maybe didn't know so well before. And uh, you're going to create uh, a beautiful life for yourself, for your husband, maybe have some kids, you're going to do something good for the world, you're going to be a good resource for your religion, for the world at large. How will you have the energy to do all of it if you exhaust yourself so much and spend all this money hmm. on one day or two days or three days that no one's going to care about? Hmm. Ten years from now, if this marriage, may God forbid, doesn't work out, no one's going to say, oh, well, at least they had a great three days, uh, an amazing wedding. The, the wedding was amazing. At least amazing. they had nice they flowers. Had, yeah, yeah, at least they had nice flowers. Their cards on the table were just extremely beautiful. No one cares. Yeah. I've never seen, I dec recently decorated a wedding which was uh, featured in the Norwegian media outlet and it was, they spent one million Norwegian crowns, which is like a sick, sick amount, twisted amount to pay hmm. uh, for the entire wedding. People actually commented underneath the article and they were like, well, what is the purpose? Yeah. And the bride after that, when I spoke to her, she was sick for two weeks. So they had to cancel the trip that they were going to take after the wedding because she was so exhausted. She had spent mm. so much time on these tiny, tiny details and no one cared about those details. The, the wedding ended up with a fight between her family and another family. <laughs> there were like all these things that happened that wouldn't, weren't prevented by her million crones. Those details in the wedding had nothing to do with it. No. So spend instead of wasting money on on these three days that no one's going to look back at, spend money, uh, spend time and energy on the creating a good life for yourself and for your husband, and uh, just focus on being the best version of yourself. Prepare, prepare yourself for that. Spend your energy in preparing yourself for that. Reflect on what kind of wife you want to be, what kind of mother you want to be, what kind of um, sister and faith you want to be to the rest of us. Yeah. Focus on those things. Wonderful. And um, yeah, that, that's basically where I, where I put it. This is a topic I can speak for a yeah, lot. Yeah, I can, about, I can, so I can stop, tell you. <laughs> yeah, I can limit because I've, I've seen things from like both sides. And I, I, I myself am like now, the more weddings I decorate, the more I'm like, when I get married, I don't want to do any of these things. <laughs> it's like, I'm so, and that, I see that with so many other wedding vendors, their own weddings are so super super simple yes. and that shows everything basically wonderful as always great to have you on sister Anilm Islam from Norway thank you very much for, for your time and uh, thank you very much for, for, for sharing um, that experience and, and answering some of the questions that we had Jazakallah once again Asalaamu As Alaikum Jazakallah and this as we said is just one one thing of many where you will see Splendid amounts of money just being splashed. Look, you know, there's nothing wrong with having fun. Islam, oh. do, Islam doesn't say you can't have fun. Islam doesn't say you can't personalize a wedding. What Islam says is, yeah, no, you, you, that's not what we meant by that. that. Uh, yeah, see that I wanted to clarify that <laughs> it is okay to personalize yeah, your wedding. Yeah. It's about cost. It's about time. It's about why. You are doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the sister said it, and she said it perfectly. That we're living in a time where we're in competition with each other. We're looking to, I the way I see it, you must suffer from serious self low self esteem mm. that you actually have to prove your worth mm. to another man. Yeah, yeah. By 
spending X amount of money on, you know, and again, it, it, it happens within um, this day and age. The, the groom is coming on a helicopter and the, the Ferrari is waiting <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. And, Ferraris. And the Ferrari. No, but, uh, the, the, you know, the, and I have actually, I've actually attended a wedding once. It kind of made me laugh. It was quite a hilarious where the guy came on a helicopter and then he went from the helipad to a certain point in the car park in a Ferrari. And then from a Ferrari, about a hundred meters up to the door of the venue, he went on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> he went on a horse. And then from, from and then there were these rows of, of, of waiters and waitresses who threw flowers. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the same thing happened on the other side when the girl came into the room and it was all flowers. And was it a unicorn? It was. It, it, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, the wedding lasted and the couple lasted 10 days. Wow. And it was like nearly two and a half million pounds yeah, that was spent on this wedding. And, and, and at the end of it, the first thing both... Um, the couple who when they kind of went their own way they was like who's going to pick up the tap why did we spend that kind of money and I was like well this is a question you should have asked before <laughs> you got together and again influences there are so many influences yeah. that we are subject to we, I mean sister talked about Halloween and, and again it's in your face mm. all the media all, all the all, all the films yeah. even the kids um, um Evil deeds are cool. It is not cool to have ethics. It is not cool yeah. to have morals. It is it's not all cool about fun. to have exactly. So, if you don't have ethics, morals, values, um, and belief systems, that means you're boring. If you follow these things, and that's where the key is. Um, to, to you know, Halloween is there. It will be there. Um, and and I think Sister talked about how um, they have alternative activities. Well, you know. If you know that on the 31st that they're going to have Halloween, well, I'm going to get all the gifts together. And guess what? I'm going to distribute food and sweets, yeah. but I'm going to go to the homeless shelters. Yeah. And I'm going to do it there. I'm going to I'm going to say, look, Islam is not just a small aspect of your life. And this is where parenting comes into it. This is also about, um, I know a lot of youth who go out of their way to explain what Halloween is. And I always say to them, have you spent the same amount of time in finding out what Islam really is? Mm -hmm. Go and do that and come and tell me that Halloween is more exciting and it's more rewarding. Fall into place, yeah. We fall into the traps that are are laid out there by social media, multimedia, um, 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 cinemas. um, Forget all of these things. You walk into a shop Yes. You the first thing that you will be faced right now if you walk into it, Sainsbury, Tesco, you name it, will be the masks on one side, the candy on one side, the costumes on one side. It will be in your face. And then how do you expect that children are not going to be confronted by that anywhere they go? But more to that in a just a bit. Our next guest for today has been waiting for quite some time. Imam Ajaz Ahmed from uh, the Battle Hamid Mosque in Fulda is with us online in Germany. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Draft Time Show. Jazakallah for joining us today, Imam Jaz. I do apologize for making you wait so much. Um, um, now, Islam has many rituals. The question that we want to know is when we talk about weddings, when we talk about uh, anniversaries and whatnot, how do we differentiate between Islamic 
and un-Islamic rituals. How 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 fine or how thick is that line between the two? for the question. I think the the answer is clear. Um, I think if someone reads the Holy Quran and tries to understand it, everyone could differentiate between Islamic and un-Islamic or not Islamic rituals. Or if someone just try to read about the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the Sunnah and the Hadith, it would be very clear. For example, um, nowadays so many Muslims, they celebrate their birthday with parties and big uh, events. But we should ask ourselves uh, if the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, ever celebrated his own birthday or did celebrate any Prophet his own birthday, never. So. If we don't know about this, we should try to read Islamic books. Um, and there's a certain way to do everything. For example, if we want to celebrate our birthday, then with prayers, with the Tajud prayer and with gratefulness, with this uh, Sadqa. But back to the question, I think especially we Muslims um, should educate us, not only the secular education, but religion. Religious uh, education too, um, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, once said, um, um, it's, a, it's, a, "It's a hadith in Arabic." Talab al-ilmi, ala kulli muslimin wa muslimatan. That every Muslim man and woman should educate, and I think if we do so, then we can easily differentiate between. Islamic and un-Islamic or not Islamic rituals. Okay. Now, speaking of these rituals, the 12th Rabi al-Awwal, which is you know the third month in the Islamic calendar, is considered to be the birthday or the, you know of the Holy Prophet peace yes. and blessings of Allah be upon him. And we do find that many Muslims in different parts of the world they do celebrate, which is called Eid Milad al-Nabi, um, with with great uh, enthusiasm so we have the whole shebang we have parties we got cakes and we got this and we got mm. that um again i mean it's a very simple question is is that celebration a part of the islamic faith based on what you said earlier i'm i'm guessing not but first of all there are two things yeah if if you want to celebrate with just cutting cake or as you say going out on festivals then this way is totally wrong. Yeah. But if you want to celebrate the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the achievement of him, the teachings, the character, then it's a good thing. And we should know what is right and what is wrong. And for example, on this day, we can talk in our families about the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. We can do the root. But uh, we also get uh, very... Um, maybe a new point, we also can decorate our homes. The uh, the fourth caliph of our community, he said that this is a tablir aspect. So when we decorate our homes, the people will ask mm -hmm. about this special day. Yeah? So we can introduce the life and the teachings of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to those who never heard about him and talk about his holy life. So, and also in our community, we have every year Jalsa, Sirat al-Nabi, uh, a special day where 
we come together in the mosque and talk about our master, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. But as I, as I mentioned before, we do not celebrate the birthday of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. We celebrate this day to remember and to reflect. So I think there are two points there. Yeah? We should clearly know that um, the word celebration, it's mostly used in the wrong way. Yeah? As you say, festivals or cutting cake, that, but that's totally wrong. Hmm. Wonderful. And lastly there, Imam Jaz, I want to ask you about um, bringing it to, to today's day and age. We have, you know, the use of social media platforms. There's messages going around if you recite such and such part of the Holy Quran or this verse of the Holy Quran. Uh, this number of times you will get a great reward, you will have this, you will have that, and you shouldn't. Should we take these messages seriously? Should we take these posts seriously? What What's 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 the you know the answer behind that? Um, I think no. We should first check those uh, messages, and um, if there's a message that uh, hadith then we should look for the hadith and if it's right this message or the hadith then we can forward this message but first of all we have to do so like this message um, because um, we also know in Holy Quran is written uh, why do you say something what you do not do so, if there are some messages, I know there are many of them. We have first check them, yeah, if the message is, is right, and then we should follow it, then we can forward this message. So, I experienced it by, by myself that I was sent a, a quote from the Fourth Caliph, and below this message was the source. But, <clears throat> When I looked it up, I couldn't find the quote, and this quote was not found in other books either. Hmm. So in in German we have a we have a saying, Vertrauen ist gut, aber Kontrolle ist besser. Ist besser. Uh, that means trust is good, but to control it is very hmm. much better. Hmm. So yeah, I think we should just these messages. I know there are so many messages like these. Every, <laughs> some people they. They uh, send messages every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Every morning. So it's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a good thing, but you should. You shouldn't just all... blindly forward every message yeah, yeah, that you get. Yeah, Check yeah. the source. Vertrauen is good. Control is better. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Imam Jaz Ahmed from Fulda in Germany. Jazakallah. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's great to have you on. And uh, Assalamu alaikum. Did you hear Brother Raza break into German lingo what? there? I did not. For a few seconds. I did you not did. such a thing. You did. <laughs> that kind of, yeah, I had that. You had one of those smile moments. <laughs> where, where you suddenly went, yes, I can chat my lingo. Oh, ye. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> now, the promised Messiah, Nuhumbi uh, Peace, we spoke about, um, you know, but just before we uh, went to Sister Anam, we were talking about this, that the reason why um, you will understand the importance and, and the authority or the necessity of a reformer of the age coming 
is based on the things that we have spoken about. Look, <clears throat> going back to the first thing that Brother Kuyo mentioned, a very interesting point that it is God's religion. God has given us all these commandments. He said that do this and don't do that. And that teaching came from him through who? The Holy Prophet, Holy peace Prophet, and blessings. Exactly. Who had exact who had, you know, direct communication with God Almighty. He did not speak out of his own accord. He did not say that this is what I'm saying based on my understanding. No, it was told to him by God Almighty directly. So when the the time in the latter days approached and God Almighty he knew at that time even because we have prophecies of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that mention a time the dark ages that mention a time when Islam or religion will be as far removed from the world as you know a far removed star and what exactly in that time would happen that God Almighty would raise again a reformer someone who had the understanding not just based on his own education or his own intellect but the divine communication the the, the understanding that he received the, the information that he received the knowledge that he received through God Almighty that he would be able to reform that he would be able to correct that he would be able to judge based on the knowledge that he had received so that is someone that we believe that the promised Messiah the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed on whom be peace was now he set out the 10 conditions of bad the 10 conditions we spoke about this there's a series of drive time shows that we've that we do regularly every year you know every single year and you can find all of them on SoundCloud and one of the conditions that he set the sixth condition talks about specifically that that anyone who enters the community anyone who wants to be in uh, as as part of this community he should refrain from following un-Islamic customs and lustful inclinations and shall completely him submit himself or herself to the to the authority of the Holy Quran and that he or she shall make the word of God and the sayings of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him his or her guiding principles in every walk of his or her life so you have not following any Islamic customs you have not following lustful inclinations you have submitting yourself not to the authority of any person or of any man no the Holy Quran the word of God and the sayings of the Holy Prophet so back to basics yeah you know it's 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 hilarious, kind of. If you look at the way people do things today, um, I was just thinking again, going back to that, that the wedding question. Mm. It, it was like um, people actually don't re- really realize that it, end of the day, it's actually two things that makes things extravagant. It is how much you spend and why you are spending. Mm. If you if you have the capacity to spend, of course you have the capacity. You have to live, you know. If you've earned it, live it. Nothing wrong with that. Hmm. But you again, should, you should show that you have been blessed. Exa- exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's who you are thanking yeah, that yeah, matters. Yeah, yeah. Are you thanking yourself that you have to prove to your neighbors or to your to to your peer groups or to your friends that look I've done this, hmm. or are you are you uh, uh, doing it because you think God has blessed me, and I'm going to um, I'm going to do theirs, and, and I'm going to kind of um, thank God, um, but not spend in is while you're spending X amount of money, but you're also kind of spending similar kind of money in giving away yeah. uh, to to the poor or to the needy, to the vulnerable. 
um, again, it's not just money, but it's like, you know, people nowadays get engaged and it turns into a party. Hmm. It turns into a massive people going from one place to another and dresses are bought. And, and, and in Islam, you do announce an engagement. A lot of people have this thing about, oh, you don't announce. You hmm. do announce an hmm. engagement. If two people get engaged, Islam says do announce it and do share sweets. Hmm. Enjoy that. Uh, it's a celebration. It's, it's, it's a, a celebration occasion, between yeah. the two families. Plus, the benefit why Islam says announce it, because it will stop mischief hmm. of other people who will uh, who might want to kind of approach a family of a girl yeah. or the boy. Um, and the reason to announce it is so people know that this couple have been matched together and it would be advisable not to approach them with future matches to say, look, no, we want to kind of introduce our daughter or our son to this respective couple. Hmm. So it is also there to avoid mischief. So again, Islam has said, announce it. So mischief isn't caused. Um, there is nothing wrong with that. There is, a, um, you know, before a wedding, girls get together. It's a, it's an event for women yeah. where it's called a mendi or a henna. Or there's just so many different names they give it nowadays. And as a Muslim, yes, of course, women can get together. But then nowhere does it say men have to be present. Hmm. Nowhere does it say you have to sing and dance in a in a in an up inappropriate vulgar manner. Yeah. It's the vulgarity and it's the inappropriateness that Islam says don't do. There's nothing wrong with women getting together and friends and in fact truly enjoying hmm. um and how many times have we spoken about how when women do their own things in their own you know, even in English uh, yeah, culture, yeah, yeah. they have the hen party. They have yeah, the, the yeah. women do their own thing. Well, Islam says, yes, of course you can do. But what Islam says is you don't need to resort to vulgarity and inappropriateness yeah, yeah, yeah. to have fun. That's all. You know, men do their own thing. Again, in, is, Islam is not saying don't have fun. Hmm. Do have it. But you don't have to resort to um, nonsense and uh, and... <laughs> And 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 ills which yeah. which you in in your normal day wouldn't want your children yes, to follow, yes. yet you want to do it for that one moment because you think it's fun yeah. or because everybody else is telling you it's okay. Throw out all the exactly good, good teachings that you have for a day. That's it again. <laughs> um, um, on weddings, people have certain customs. Um, they make the 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 groom drink milk or they hide their shoes. What people need to realize is these are traditions and customs which come from other religions, which have um, which which have kind of infiltrated um, Islam. Not because of Islam itself, because civ certain civilizations at certain different times, um, where um, if one was to go back to the, the India itself, um, Hindus, Muslims, Christians, they all lived together. Um, under under one country and they were ruled together where traditions and customs kind of overlapped with each other. Yeah. But these were also the times when people actually lost their way and um, a lot of the innovations and customs developed during that time, which is, goes back to that is the time when the Messiah yeah. came yeah. over 100 years ago when people will forget um, and, and, and the resort to believing in customs, traditions and innovations. During the Friday sermon delivered on the 20th of October 2010, His Holiness, Hazrat Mizam Sudhamad Mi'lebi's helper, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, said, 
When certain harmful innovations become prevalent, they take one away from the true teachings and impair religion. All early religions lost their original state because new harmful innovations were introduced in them and no one came to remove them. Indeed, none was to come because Islam was to be the last enduring religion on earth. And it was the advent of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that was to take place. Now, some harmful innovations have made their way in Islam and some of them are tantamount to shirk including obvious and apparent shirk. However, in some, in, in accordance to his promise, God had sent the promised Messiah on whom be peace to safeguard Islam from shirk and meaning associating partners with Allah and harmful innovations. And inshallah, it will remain safe. Thank you very much for listening in today. That was it from the Draft Time Show here on The Voice of Islam today with Masaf Raza and Qayyum. Today's uh, show was researched and produced by Khansa Razak and Dura Samir Mirza. Jazakallah to them as well. Thank you very much to you for listening and staying with us for two hours. Tomorrow morning, don't forget, SML is going to be with you at 10 a.m. on uh, Saturday. And on Sunday morning, Weekend World at 10 a.m. is going to be with you for two hours live. The Draft Time Show will be back on Monday from all of us. Have a great weekend and assalamu alaikum